Phantom Sway. You know that thing your boyfriend does that you like so much? We're better. Seriously. PhantomSway.com Hello and welcome to another episode of How Inappropriate the podcast where we ask, could this movie be made today? I am your host, Kira Allen, and I am here with uh, my good friend and comedian, head writer, and executive producer for We the Internet TV, Lou Perez. Lou, welcome. Thank you for having me back. I'm so glad to have you back. Um, our Dirty Harry episode is one of the most lauded episodes so far in How Inappropriate uh, canon. So people were asking for you back. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So I thought, oh, this is a great movie to have Lou back to do. Not a great movie, (laughs) but a great movie to have me back for. (laughs) In case you're wondering, folks, the movie we're doing today is 2002, Joanna Mann, starring Miguel Nunez Jr., uh, Vivica A. Fox, Genuine, Lil' Kim, Tommy Davison, bunch of people. But uh, if you don't know what this movie is, um, Joanna Mann is the story of a professional basketball player who's a little cocky and runs into some trouble, gets himself suspended from his uh, professional team, and decides to make a comeback as a woman. So basically, he dresses in drag and joins the uh, women's team. And this is right around the beginning of the WNBA. So um, they weren't allowed to use the NBA imaging or didn't have any of the licensing for this. So it's uh, the UBA and the WUBA in in this film. But yeah, it's a 2002 um, offering from director Jesse Vaughn, writer Bradley Allenstein. Um, And this movie is basically blacklisted now you cannot find it online anywhere i had to send lou a dvd so do you had a dvd player lou i I, yeah i I had a dvd player i haven't broken it out in a long time and this seemed like the perfect opportunity when the uh when the envelope came it kind of felt like you know back in the comstack days where they would send like obscene material like that (laughs) that's sort of like what the envelope looked like and i was like what did what did she send me? And then you pop it open, and there it is. Uh, to behold, Joanna Man. A uh, real live DVD. I mean, it had like DVD. extras on it. It had like yeah, which scene um, selection. Yeah, with the, with the, with the extras, you know, I, I I was wondering if that was a new thing at the time, where like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna put in outtakes and and that sort of thing. And that sort of stuff. Uh, but I, I could I could tell you guys who are you might be thinking about watching it. Not worth the extras, you know. The extras, I, I wouldn't. Uh... <laughs> no, <laughs> they weren't. They weren't that <laughs> impressive. Although I oh. I did want to go back and rewatch this movie with the commentary. I just didn't have time. Um, I and, didn't know they had that. Yes, there's wow. a director's commentary on there. And I'm before this episode goes to air, I might go back and watch it and maybe just add a couple minutes onto the end of this podcast. <laughs> just, oh, you have to. Yeah, because yeah, I'm yeah. sure the director's got some interesting things to say. Yeah. But, uh, um, yeah, it was 
I had to order it on DVD. I mean, you cannot, it has been erased from the internet for obvious reasons. I mean, we, this podcast is about, could this movie get made today? Um, this movie has actually been remade today. It was, there is a Joanna man too, believe it or not. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Well, no one knows it. It's disappeared from the internet, <laughs> but it did get made. I just can't find it anywhere. Is it the same? Is it the same actor? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. What? It's the Miguel whole same N- cast. He, does he go back undercover? Yes. Or? This time with his sons. So his sons are star basketball players in high school, and they get suspended, and so he brings Joanna Man back to. Uh, I guess he and he makes his son's dress and drag and then they have to join the girls team and then he becomes their coach. It's like, is he in drag when he becomes the coach too? Yes. Wow. Oh, you know, you know what that reminds me of? Um, Ladybugs. Do you remember that with, um, oh, uh, with, uh, with Rodney Dangerfield? Yes. The, it was like a soccer coach or something like that. I got to do that movie on here. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, anyway, let's get into this movie because. Yes, please. <laughs> I forgot to mention that Kevin Pollack is in this movie as well. And he's like a bright spot in this film. But um, the movie's by Jesse Vaughn, the director. He's a director and he didn't have much experience. He did. Um, he was a director at a local news station forever. So he's got a lot of Emmys for directing news. He directed one in sync video. Um, and somehow he got this, and this basically killed his career. Um, he didn't do much after. I think he's got one documentary on his credit a few years ago. But this is the story of uh, of Jamal Jeffries, a hotshot basketball player who gets himself into hot water. We were introduced. This, this all takes place in Charlotte, and we get introduced to the fake NBA team, which is the Charlotte Beat, instead mm. of the Charlotte Heat. Um, and we see... Um, Jamal Jeffries, who is Miguel Nunez Jr. I was not sure where I knew Miguel Nunez Jr. from. Have you ever seen him in anything, Lou? You know, I was trying to figure it out. I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't sure who he was, and and um, sort of like that, like 2002, and that whole era is kind of a blur to me as far yeah. as like movies go. Like everyone just sort of all these actors and characters just sort of like blend in with one another. Um, you know, and granted it, it was post nine 11, you know, so we, you know, we were going through a lot as a country. So maybe, maybe that's like part of like a kind of a societal PTSD where you're like, where did this figure come maybe, from? Maybe. Why does he keep popping up in my nightmares? <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. We did get glitter post nine 11, which you know, Mariah Carey, I don't know if you've ever had the privilege of seeing that movie, but uh, Mariah Carey swears 9-11 ruined that movie. Um, it did end up in that haze. We're going to do that on this show, too. It's a horrible movie, but it was the one movie she starred in. If you haven't seen it, it's worth a watch. It's it's that bad. Uh-huh. Um, but so maybe, yeah. So Nunez, I think, was a comedic actor. I went and looked at his bio because I do remember him. He was in a lot of like um, like a lot of fans of black movies and black TV shows will remember Miguel Nunez. He did a lot of, he was on Hanging with Mr. Cooper. He was on Amen. He was on, I mean, he did a lot of those like WB, CW shows in the 90s and early 2000s. Um, So I think he was kind of, we were joking earlier um, before we started recording that 
that uh, Lou keeps getting him mixed up with Orlando Jones. <laughs> I think he kind of was Bobo Orlando Jones at the time. Yeah, yeah. And if people can, uh, if people want to go on Twitter, um, my. <laughs> I'm, I'm Lou on the subway on Twitter, and uh, or Orlando Jones took umbrage with uh, with me uh, tweeting out um, <laughs> t- tweeting out what I tweeted out. Um, <laughs> he was not happy. <laughs> he was not happy. And, well, which I, I wonder if he's heard that before. I wonder he, if, no, if he's totally heard that before because I read I literally like two seconds before I read that tweet read two movie reviews that compared Orlando Jones to Miguel Nunez Jr. And basically called him Bobo Orlando Jones Jr., which is saying something, because Orlando yeah. Jones was never, you know, a huge presence in the comedic uh, landscape. But but a really talented performer. I remember him on on Mad TV. And I remember him on Mad another, TV. Yeah, and there was another um, um, another movie, Evolution. I thought he was really good in. I think he was great in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but 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 he um, you know he he tweeted back. He's like uh, a question. He's like, oh, I guess we all look alike. And it's like, <laughs> it's like, no, man, I I didn't say that you looked like Tommy Davidson <laughs> yeah. or or, Ge- or genuine who's yeah. just like like uh, when I when I saw the credits for the movie and it said that genuine was there, I was like genuine. Oh my god, they got genuine. And then like you look and he plays this character named Romeo. Uh-huh. And genuine is just like a great looking, you know, great looking dude. It's like, it's like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not mixing up genuine and Orlando Jones. You yeah. know, it's like a very specific dude. Yeah, um, yeah. It's a very specific look, and they both had the same hairstyle at the time. And yeah, no, that right. was that was hilarious. But he might carry some uh, baggage from that era in his career. I yeah. Would, yeah, I wouldn't blame him. But to get into the movie, I mean, we'll get back to Orlando Jones at the end because I've got a great review that mentions him. But um, we see this this hotshot basketball player. This is Miguel Nunez Jr. He pulls up in his stretch limo Hummer up to the uh, the stadium, and he gets out, and everybody's well, like, oh. well, "Well, the well, the stretch Hummer in the on the grill is a picture of him. Right. So he has a picture of himself on the grill of a stretch Hummer." Yes, this is how we know he's very cocky, right? Yes. Yes. This this is this tells us that. And he's so cocky that he just stamps his autograph. He doesn't mm-hmm. you he doesn't write it. His his buddy has a stamp. He just stamps his right. autograph. This and he gets guy is, out. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and uh and uh this guy in the words of uh Norm McDonald, this guy is a real jerk. <laughs> that's, all, that's all you need to know. <laughs> he's just a real jerk. And we see him in the game and he's mouthing off and he gets a technical foul and he gets kicked out of the game. And, you know, just like real jerks do in the NBA, mm-hmm. he decides he decides to take off all his clothes. Well, well before, but before he even does that, um, uh, for those of you tuning in, he has this piece of dialogue, which I had to write down. <laughs> so he's being, you know, chewed out by his by his coach, and then he turns to his coach and he says, "You may call the shots, but I'm making all the shots." Yes, <laughs> yes. Like that. That I don't know if they, you know, like sometimes if you're in a scene, like you know, you find things, you know, through improv and all that, and it's just perfect. I don't know if they wrote that or if they found it. 
but it's definitely in this movie. (laughs) There are a lot of moments like that in this movie where you can see that being written on the page and somebody being really pleased with themselves (laughs) that they came up with that. Like I, I I might have a couple of spots where I actually wrote down dialogue because Mm -hmm. I was like, who wrote this? And whoever wrote this was like, this is gold. This is gold. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And and I'm, I'm like, I'm, I don't know. I don't know very much about, you know, about basketball, you know, I'm, I'm sort of like after, I think after Michael Jordan left, like I, I, I don't know like anything about basketball. So part of me is like, oh, I don't know. Maybe that's the way basketball players talk. Like maybe, <laughs> maybe they talk in puns. Like that's just how that's just what they do. Maybe this is a very accurate representation of what basketball life is like. Well, I don't know. I, I, don't know. I mean, one of the first things I thought when I saw Miguel Nunez is like he. This guy is scrawny. Like he does oh not look God, like right? a professional basketball player at all. He looks weak yeah. and frail. <laughs> yeah, and it's is this was the best that they could do. And like you look at basketball players, I mean, I mean, some of them like some of them are just like physical specimens. You're like, yeah, they're like, jacked, jacked like superheroes. They look like they came out of a Marvel comic. And yeah, you see the student, you're like, they couldn't even like have him lift a little bit. No, I know. Just... <laughs> I know. He couldn't have done any prep work. He looks like he plays the French horn. Like he doesn't <laughs> look like an athlete at all. At he looks, all. In <laughs> fact, I bet guys who play the French horn are in better shape because you have to have all right. that wind. He looked like he could hardly run from one end of the court. to. He just, his arms were skinny. Like you don't have to be tall, but everything about him was like and then when he took his clothes off i was like oh yeah what's going on yeah i wonder you know i wonder who else was up for that role you know i don't know what that casting session was like or this was a vehicle for him you know i know the uh, answer to this question oh wow what do you want to take a guess who originally signed on for this role do you want to take a guess like early 2002 think about popular black actors I mean, you know, I want to say Orlando Jones, but I don't want to get into, into trouble. Uh, would it be Will? Not Will Smith. Yes. What? Yes. No. Yes. Oh, Will man. Smith was originally attached to this pro- project. And then he read it. Right? I guess and he's so. like, no. Nope. He's like, I no, thank you. So. <laughs> Kevin Pollack <laughs> said that when he signed on, Will Smith was signed on to this project. Oh, man. So I couldn't find any information about why Will Smith dropped it. I mean, other than the obvious, it's a terrible movie. But, yes, this project was originally starring Will Smith. And then the role went to Chris Tucker, who also oh. turned it down. He turned it. You know, I think Tucker would have been – I mean, he's such a great comedic actor. Um, I mean, maybe he would have been able to find some stuff with the material. You know, know, he may have, I, I, at this time, this is the time when, um, black comedic actors were doing a lot of drag. So Martin was doing big mama's house and (laughs) Eddie Murphy was doing the fat family. The the, the clumps, the clumps, and they were huge hits. And then of course, you know, Mrs. Doubtfire was huge. So this was kind of a, almost a genre in a way right. it was like kind of a, a trope. I mean, now in 2018, it's really hard to imagine 
these things kind of things being popular. Although, by the way, Tyler Perry still does this with mm-hmm. great success. And I was talking to my sister-in-law on Facebook, and I know you saw that, Lou, and she has yeah. this movie. She has this DVD. They watch it all the time still. Black people love this movie, and they love this kind of stuff. So it, it's not inconceivable that Will Smith would have been attached to it at that time, but it's inconceivable now, looking back and thinking right. of this being in Will Smith's canon of <laughs> films. It, yeah. Yeah. So that yeah, it's just such big, like Smith. such big, broad characters, and um, and uh, I, I, at one point, you know, I'm, I'm watching it, and it hit me. I'm like, oh shit, this is Tootsie, but terrible. Yeah, like, this is a terrible, terrible version of Tootsie. Yes, Tootsie is the standard, and I think every mm. other movie of that type has been chasing that, and only a few get it right. I think Mrs. Doubtfire is one, uh, uh, and uh, but yeah, so was Will Smith attached to this? And uh, he didn't take the part, and he's probably very glad that he did not. Yeah, yeah he's, he's done all right for himself. He's done okay. <laughs> he's done all right. Not bad. Yeah. yeah. This might have stopped his career in, in his tracks. It seems to have done the same for Miguel Nunez. Right. After this, he didn't do much. Um, so we see that he, he gets suspended for, for taking off all his clothes and, and causing a fuss. Um, it's a big move, a, a huge move for this guy, you know, this jerk that, that we uh, that we just saw. A real jerk. He's a yeah. real jerk. And <laughs> we do get to meet, by the way, at this point, this is where we meet um, Jamal's auntie, Ruby, which right. yeah. Ruby is. Yeah, yeah, there's no yeah. yeah, there's no no parents. No, there's no, no mom parents. Isn't that strange? Why? Yeah. I thought I just thought that a strange choice. Why it's Auntie Ruby and not Mom or Grandma or yeah. Mom and Dad? It's just Auntie Ruby and it's Jennifer Lewis. My suspicion is that they felt like Jennifer. They wanted Jennifer Lewis, who is one of my all-time favorite character actresses. Yeah, she's great. She elevates everything she's in, um, and it's my suspicion that they wanted her for the role, and they didn't think that she looked old enough to come off as his mom, um, right. which she could have done. Uh, but I may, so maybe they just made him his auntie, or maybe she, maybe that was her stipulation. Like, I don't want to be anybody's mama. I'll be auntie. I don't know. Sometimes actresses do that. They don't want to be a mother. They don't want to play a mm-hmm. mother if they're right. of, a, if, of a certain age, you know. So I thought that was strange, but she's his auntie. So we meet her. She's the disapproving, uh, you know, sassy black lady it, that, that was needed. We need a sassy black lady in the movie. So Jennifer Lewis obliges. But she's great. Love her. Um, and then we see she's, she's fussing at him. So we just meet her for a second. Uh, she plays his conscience, basically, in the film. And then right. we see, we cut to Jamal's house. He's having a house party. There's people everywhere. Um, and he gets a call from his agent, the great Kevin Pollack. And his agent basically tells him over the phone, look, you're, I'm dumping you. you this is bad news for all of us. And you've lost your contract. And it comes on the news that he's lost his his contract, and suddenly this this part cracked me up. Like the house is full of people; it's a house party in full swing. On the news, we hear Jamal Jeffries has been you know let go of his contract with the Charlotte Beat, 
And then everybody mm-hmm. immediately like files out. Oh yeah, yeah, they leave. Like yeah. you know, there's still a there's still a pool, there's still booze, there's <laughs> yeah. all there's still food, but no, we're gonna leave. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's just all, like so over the top. It's like I don't know how anybody could watch you know a movie and not get it. Like oh, the reason why you have hangers on is because you're popular and you're rich and you're famous, and then eventually they're gonna leave. Like they just painted it so thick for everybody. Just like yes. there's no way you can miss it. Yeah. So. Yeah, just like everyone, single file, people just file out. Yeah, the DJ's still there all of a sudden. <laughs> it's like the house <laughs> is still there, folks. You can at least enjoy it for a couple more minutes. Yeah. No, yeah. not in this movie. This movie oh. makes sure that you follow every beat because they hit you yeah. over the head with it. And, and, and also, um, what was it Lil' Kim uh, is plays his, his girlfriend, I guess? Yes. Oh, my right. gosh. And That's about six faces ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the uh, well, at the at the party, you know, before all these people, you know, before all the party goers file out, this dude is just like, like screaming and yelling like, like, I don't know if he says, you know, things like, like, damn, this is fat or something or, you know, just like <laughs> it just I'm just like, hey, did I, I, a part of me was saying, I was like, I want to know who wrote this script, but also like. Like, are you sure this is how black people talk? Like, what the what is going on? Like, every single other line is like, like a stereotypical uh, like line. It it was just, uh, it, it was it was almost like, um, like the guy was trying to like overcompensate for something, uh-huh. like get other people to believe that he. W- I don't know. I know he's acting. <laughs> I know he's acting. <laughs> but it was like, it was like. Yeah, we believe that you're, you know, you're, you're a black man. Oh, yeah, well, we, we get that. You don't, uh, so I, I don't know if I'm making any sense, but yes. I was just, no. I was just so confused. Uh, uh, okay, the writer is a man named Bradley Allenstein. So that's hmm. decidedly not a black name. And he's got two writing credits on IMDb one is Juana Man, and one is Who's Your Caddy? Who's your, oh my God. That's another black film. Oh my God. Who's your caddy? <laughs> so I have no idea what. Well, this... you and I could probably do script right now. Like there, you know, we can oh do a pink by numbers okay, and we wait. know exactly what that what I am that... looking at him right now. I, oh my gosh. I am looking at him right now on Google Images and he is such a, he looks like such a white boy bro. Uh-huh. <laughs> he's got a fedora on. No way. Most of these pictures. I get it now. I get it. He's down. Right. He's it, down. It, 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 you know what? It, it, it was almost like um, when I forget what, like a series of movies where you have an obvious gay character and, and the buddy, you know, the friend is like, look, you got to you got to really straighten it up, you know, and then the gay character goes over the top and like acting what, you know, the way a straight man is supposed to act. <laughs> yeah. I was getting that same vibe from uh, Miguel's performance, you know, as this character. It's just, oh, man. And maybe it changes it a little bit if you think of Will Smith in that role, like if he's right. writing it for Will Smith and you know how Will yeah. Smith always Will Smith's everything up. You know, yeah, he's just yeah. I mean, Will Smith is you know just the coolest, so you know he can make anything work. I guess. I guess this did not work. That's mm. hilarious. That is so funny. Yeah, I, it, 
I understand a lot more about this movie looking at that guy. Um, okay, so the party empties out, and we find out that Jamal is is broke. We 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 cut to his his place is emptying out. You know, everybody's the movers are coming to repossess everything. It was really fast. Yeah, it was really quick. It happened really <laughs> yeah. quick, and of course, little Kim leaves him. Right. I, I, here's another here's another moment, Lou, where I actually wrote down the dialogue because I could actually <laughs> see someone writing it. He said he's on the phone and his, with his, I guess his accountant and his accountant is telling him, "You don't have any money. You're right. chapter eleven. And he was like, "Chapter eleven? What happened to the first ten chapters?" <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, that happened. It happened. <laughs> I was just like. Wow, someone wrote that down. I swear, I, I've heard this joke in Comedy 101 like a bazillion yeah. times. Well, and, and just imagine, like, there's someone who definitely got paid to, like, punch up the jokes, too, you know? <laughs> and this one stayed. You know, this this one made it through. So. I, it amazed, that was, yeah, I wrote, I literally wrote it down. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, little Kim comes out. Of course, she's leaving him because he doesn't have money anymore. Right. And uh, that was when I realized I I saw Lil Kim come up in the credits, but that was when the first time I realized that was her. I kept looking for her, but I realized I was looking for Lil Kim 2018. I had totally mm. forgotten what Lil Kim 2002 looked like. Lil Kim 2018 looks like Michael Jackson. Oh, she did the the skin lightening. Yeah, that... and she did her whole oh. her nose, her chin. She is not the same person. Oh wow! She got butt implants. She was so pretty. She really yeah, was. was. She so was pretty. really cute. Yeah. She's really cute. She's a terrible actress, but I guess back in the day, you just put in a bunch of pop stars, and that helped your movie. I don't know. Right. So anyway, we didn't have to see her, but we did get treated to the that sick burn by Miguel Nunez. It tells her your feet stink. I don't know. Oh yeah. Like, yeah, they're oh, yelling yeah, that, at each that's other. That's right. Yeah, that that was his parting gift. Yeah, his parting shot. You know. He was like, oh, you know what? Your feet stink. I guess I was like, am I supposed to laugh at this part? Or I don't know. So he meets, he goes and meets up with Kevin Pollack, um, who tells him he needs to apologize to the commission. And, uh, you know, they go to this shady board of directors of, the basketball commission? I don't know. It's in well, some well, yeah, tower. it's it, well, well. It's amazing that the the guy is the commissioner of basketball. Yes. Yeah. You know, the which sounds uh, and then and then also uh, they bleeped out. Um, yeah, and you you might have to bleep this out, but they bleeped out motherfucker in the scene. Like he was, uh, Miguel was like was saying that. I it, it was odd because it was like the first time in the movie that you know I didn't words. Yeah, maybe it was my maybe it was my copy that I had like the clean, uh, the clean copy. Maybe I didn't I didn't even notice that he said the word. They may have had to bleep it out to get their rating. You know. Yeah, what well, I mean? this was definitely a PG, the PG thirteen, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe they did that because I didn't even notice that they said that. I think I probably would have. Mm-hmm. I don't even think they said the f word at all. So maybe that's what I, I it think, was. You know, even though they bleeped it out, I think 
uh, again, like it coming out of that dude's mouth, like is just so awkward and unbelievable yeah. that it probably just went right over, you know, but it probably just went, went over. So. Yeah. Well, anyways, the commission expels him. He cannot play in the UBA anymore. He's finished. Mm. And uh, he has no money, no career. What's a guy to do? Well, he's got to go back to Aunt Ruby's house. And right. this is where we get to see this all hysterical scene with um, him playing bridge, Jamal playing bridge with Aunt Ruby and her old lady. And her friends, right? And her friends. Yeah. And they're all fresh. This reminded me of Eddie Murphy, like clumps stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, right. you know what? Look, like one of the old ladies is hitting on him and trying to grab him. Another old lady's taking her bra off because it's itchy. And it's like, aren't aren't fresh old ladies just so funny? They're like fat people. They're right. just funny. <laughs> it's just a terrible scene. And uh, Aunt Ruby, she doesn't care if Jamal's a star or not. She tells him to go get groceries. Mm-hmm. And he has to go get groceries. So this part I found unbelievable, too. Like, he could even get to the grocery store without being, you know. Hounded. Hounded, yeah, for what. Yeah. I mean, the whole country has seen him naked. But he's walking mm-hmm. back with his fake bag of groceries. This is one of the things in movies that drives me nuts when people go to the grocery store and it's just a bunch of stuff sticking out of a bag, but there's clearly <laughs> nothing in it. It's like right. empty coffee cups or whatever. <laughs> I know, I understand the reasoning behind it. It's just a prop, but it's just is something that bothers me. I'm like, there's nothing in that bag. <laughs> but he's carrying it and he walks back and he walks past a group of kids playing basketball and and uh, and the stupid kids see him and they tell him, give him a lesson about being a jerk or whatever, because kids are wise or whatever. The the little girl that gave him what for in that scene, I just kept thinking, like, is she somebody's granddaughter or daughter? She was horrible. I'm sorry, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, little kid. I mean, she's probably like ten. The the camera was was spending a. It was spending an awful long time like on her legs, on the back of her legs while she was dribbling. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know if it was supposed to be like, the, like his point of view, but he's watching this little girl play basketball, like shoot hoops against, you know, these, these boys. Weird. I don't know. This movie hates women. That's this is what I came away with. This movie hates women, even with that girl, like that dumb little girl. She's going to teach him a lesson, and they didn't even have the decency to show her actually playing basketball. We had to focus on the guys playing basketball. And so she she tells him what for, and then she goes, and she she's a good basketball player. She's schooling the, this group of little kids. And Jamal has an idea. I wonder what the idea <laughs> is. <laughs> He immediately calls Kevin Pollack, his agent, and says, I I have a basketball player for you. You're gonna love it, and it's a girl. <laughs> right, right. And and for for a second, you know, maybe at the time, uh, if no one had seen the trailer or uh or the poster for the movie, they might have thought like, Oh, is he gonna is he gonna is he gonna get this little girl into the big leagues yeah no not a real girl girls are yeah. dumb but <laughs> <right>? <laughs> but he's got a great idea and of course the agent is like oh sure what I, yeah 
I don't need to know her name or anything about her anything. or where she comes yeah. from. I'll just, no scouting report. Yeah, no nothing. scouting report whatsoever. Nothing. I'll just get her this tryout with the Charlotte Banshees, which is the mm. women's team. Which is like, I, does the women's team need to be the Banshees? I don't know. <laughs> Seemed inappropriate, but that's what this podcast is about, I guess. Um, uh, yeah, he doesn't need to know it. He's just like, great, thanks, yeah. Oh, that's that's perfect. So then, of course, we get treated to another another beat in this film where it's like, we're going to hit you over the head with this, by the way. Um, Jamal is trying on clothes. He's trying on Aunt Ruby's clothes. Aunt Ruby comes home from work. And what is playing in the background but Diana Ross, I'm coming out. Oh, I didn't even realize that was. No. They had, a, they, had a lot, they had a lot of popular songs on the soundtrack. So I'm just wondering how much, you know, they must have spent a good amount of money with licensing, you know? Yeah. Well, later, yeah. well, these, this, back in the day, too, these types of movies, I'm thinking about um, movies like Two Can Play That Game and um, some of Eddie Murphy, Murphy's movies during that time. Like, soundtracks were really big because mm-hmm. it was where you could, it's different nowadays because you can just download individual songs. And if a, right. if an artist has a new song and you want to hear it, you just plug it into Pandora or whatever. But back right. then, to get special songs or new material from artists, those things were on a soundtrack. So mm-hmm. soundtracks were almost as important as the film because they, they could make a lot of money on their own just for that reason. So, but yeah, I thought, oh, here's another moment. Look, look, he's, he's uh, trying on clothes to, I'm coming out. Um, And, and, and he's, he's doing like a real, again, this whole movie is full of just weird choices. He's like trying on the, you know, he's, he's trying on the dresses or like, you know, holding them in front of him. And then I guess he is so enamored with his, with um, the scam that he's going to be running and just how (laughs) successful it's going to be. That he starts like humping the air, yes. as you know. So there's this, you know, very weird choice of sexual energy behind, you know, him, uh, you know, doing the doing this really ridiculous uh, ruse. You know, it's it's so. Oh man, it's one of those moments where you know the director said, "Just riff, just, <laughs> just do, <laughs> just go for it, just Let's go see. for it." There's a great- we have what you. We have what we need already. Just this last take. Just try something different. Yes. <laughs> and there is a great moment. I'm just going to take a little detour for a second here. Sure. And I don't know if you've ever had the pleasure of seeing uh, the Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez vehicle, Gili. Oh, I have not. <laughs> Back when they were Benifer for a hot second and they were just, they just owned uh, media for about a year while they were dating and they made this horrible movie and there's a scene in there where Ben Affleck is uh, psyching himself up to have sex with Jennifer Lopez's character, who's a lesbian, by the way, which tells you a little bit about the movie. It's just really right. weird. And he's and you can tell that it's a moment where the director has said, just riff, just go for it. And Ben Affleck <laughs> is clearly not an improviser. And so the whole scene, and it's just excruciating. It's like three minutes long. You know, he's clearly, he does not know what to do. He doesn't have anything in his arsenal. He doesn't have anything in his actor's bag of tricks. So the whole scene is him looking in the mirror, like brushing his eyebrows, like, 
like, this is a bull, this is a horns. This is a bull, this is a horns. This oh is the bull, God. this is a horns. And it just goes on and on and on. It's so uncomfortable. And that's what this reminded me of. Like, this guy had nothing else in his repertoire except hump, air humping. It's like, yeah, yeah it's a so lot of good. air humping. Mm, mm, mm. A, lot yeah. of, a lot of air humping and, and like the equivalent of, this is a great idea. <laughs> this is a, an amazing idea. <laughs> And he's trying on bras and trying on Aunt Ruby's clothes. And, of course, Aunt Ruby walks in and she says what we're all thinking about at about that moment, which is, what are you doing? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know, he calls it like she sees it. So. Yes. And um, he convinces her that this is like his only opportunity. This is like. Clearly, this is the best idea for him to make some money is to. Hi, <laughs> I just even just to say it, it's just like, all right, fine. So she signs on to this idea. I guess she gives him some clothes or whatever. Um, and then he heads off to the tryout, the blind tryouts at the Charlotte Banshees, where Kevin Pollock is waiting for. Never met, never met this uh, character before, but never, he's there. And, yep. and the coach was like, sure. Yeah. yeah, sure. Sure. Well, you don't even know this woman's name. Let's yeah, he didn't even over. know her name. He didn't even yeah. know her name. So we see the the Charlotte Banshees. They're practicing. Vivica Fox is the 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 captain of the team, Michelle. Mm. Right. And uh, watching Vivica Fox be a basketball captain was kind of funny. Um, in two thousand two, like Vivica Fox was right. the hot black actress of the day. Like, she like was absolutely like, gorgeous, beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. And, she oh, still really is, but yeah, yeah. And I wonder, maybe you know, with the Will Smith connection, because they were in Independence Day That's together. Right. That's you know, right. so maybe, mm, so maybe, maybe that was part of, uh, maybe that was part of it. But um, maybe I did write down in my notes. Oh, look, Vivica Fox was just, um, she was just playing basketball to get herself through medical school. At this point, that's a little Independence Day joke. A little, little stripper joke. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I could have punched up this script. Um, so then, of course, in walks Jamal. He's in full drag now. He's got right. his wig. And then, you know, Kevin Pollock's like, oh, uh, that must, that's her. And I'm sorry, I don't know your name. This is when we realize he doesn't even know this person's name. He just took Jamal's word for it. Oh my God. Jamal, who is not a reliable source, as we right. said before, he's a real jerk. And he, she, he, I guess Jamal hasn't even thought about a name before this moment. Mm-hmm. So then, of course, we get. Right. Yeah, yeah. He introduces him. And he's got this weird country accent, too. Like, yeah. It, it, yeah. It's like, oh, I, I guess it's easier to sound like a southern woman. I, I guess. It sounded <laughs> like a mentally handicapped southern woman. <laughs> like, just. I don't know what kind of... I read one review that said it was a strange mix of Deep South and Irish Brogue. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he, he clearly didn't think about his name before, so he's like, oh, my name is Juana? <laughs> oh, Juana. Yes, Juana. Oh, man. Juana <sighs> man? Roll credits. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Every, when, when all the other characters are just doing the work... For the, you know, yeah. n- no like, explanation. How do you spell that? Or yeah. <laughs> so great. So then Joanna gets the tryout and owns everybody um, at practice because girls cannot play basketball. Let's face it. They're dumb. And 
I have in my notes here that Miguel Nunez is actually seems like a better actor as a woman. Yeah, we, yeah, and it's weird. I, I believed him more as a woman. Yes. Than whatever he was doing as a as a dude. Yeah. Although although I have to say, um, there I, I kept you know when they were you know playing like going you know because there are moments when he's one on one with um, Viv- Vivica A. Fox's character and, and doing trash talk and I'm like, is this really what trash talk is? <laughs> is this is this is this what it is? <laughs> uh, it's probably what Bradley Allenstein envisioned trash talk. Yeah, like when he would go down to like the park and watch like, you know, um, black men and athletic white men compete against each other. And he was just dreaming about the day that he could, you know, maybe one day I'll I'll get on that court and I'll be able to to say, you know, to the guy, you got nothing sucker, or something like that. You you ain't got nothing that that wasn't no foul or or whatever, whatever's in his mind, you know, whatever dialogue is playing in his mind. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. It was just really bad. And, um, my husband at this point in the movie says, man, this guy looks better as a woman. And he was like, how did he even get cast in this part? And it was at that moment that I thought, you know, they probably cast him as the woman, like, and then worked backwards from there <laughs> <laughs> because right. they were probably like, well, he can do the woman part pretty well. Oh, now I'm, th- you know, now I'm thinking about it. Yeah. There's no way Will Smith and drag would work. No, no. I no way whatsoever, especially, you know, he's always in great shape and, and all that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Oh man, that's funny. And he always, <laughs> Will Smith has always had facial hair. Yeah. And yeah. that's kind of his trademark. So to not have that seems strange mm-hmm. too. Yeah. He wouldn't have been. I, I it's my suspicion at this point was that okay, they cast him because he could play the woman and then they just worked backwards from he's mostly in drag mostly this whole film. Yeah, so. they're like he plays a great woman, maybe we could, you know, get him some coaching and he could be a believable man. Yeah. Like maybe if we <laughs> if we just work with him. If we work with him on that. Huh? <laughs> well, Juana gets the contract. I don't know if you were surprised by that, but I had a feeling, you know, I had my hope, my hopes up. <laughs> yes. So. Yeah. Joanna gets contract and, uh, there's this wonderfully hilarious scene where Kevin Pollack and Joanna Mann are simulating humping in Kevin Pollack's office over the fax machine. Well, well, well you remember the, uh, this line of dialogue where <laughs> Kevin Pollack, um, where, uh, it's revealed uh, that, you know, Joanna Mann is actually Jamal and Kevin Pollock's like, no, you know, I can't, can't believe this. And, uh, Jamal threatens to tell the coach and tell everybody that, you know, um, Kevin Pollock managed to get him that, you know, this tryout. And then Kevin Pollock says, this is blackmail. And then Jamal <laughs> responds, no, it's not. This is black female. female. <laughs> this- I, I actually giggled uh. at that one. I did. I was like, okay, writer. Okay. (laughs) Another moment, another moment where I saw that being written on the page and I saw the writer just really pleased with himself. Oh yeah. It's like, he's like, finally, these, these puns are coming together. I can't, you know, I wonder, you know, I, 
it makes me wonder, did this guy like, you know, have like this, you know, this couplet of dialogue sitting on his desk for yeah. years? Like, this is blackmail. No, it's not. This is black female. And then from that, he created he this whole movie. movie. <laughs> they built a whole movie like around it. It's like building a house around a sink, you know? Like, I got this sink and I got a... <sighs> you know what? This whole movie makes way more sense when you put it like that. I bet that's exactly <laughs> what happened. I bet this guy has had all these, you know, th- I bet this guy had black friends in college. He was one of the guys that was like, he's like a rich white boy who like probably grew up in Beverly Hills, went to college, thought all the black guys at college were cool, mm-hmm. made friends with them. However, like just bought it, you know, bought beers or, you know, he was just a guy with money and everyone was like, yeah, come on. And uh, just fancied himself one of the guys, one of the dudes, and then right. just always kind of dreamed of being a part of it. And this is this was the way he could be part of black culture. He probably was writing down all these things in his mind all through college, and <laughs> like, oh man! And you, I, you have to look up this guy on Google. It it explains everything. That is hysterical. Well, we get to the big game and. Um, He's real excited that girls smack each other on the ass when they. He gets really excited. Like this is he he has the excitement uh, not of a of a professional athlete who has had scores of women throw themselves at him. Yes. Like he doesn't get excited. Like he gets excited like someone who it has never had sex before. Yeah, he's never had sex before whatsoever. Um, and now it's his chance to, you know, squeeze a butt. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like he, he's like wants to make good plays just so he has the excuse to, to squeeze a butt. I have hashtag me too all over my notes. Right. Oh, now. yeah. It's so <laughs> creepy. Like, yeah. it, it, it's incredibly creepy. Yeah. It's not. I, I didn't find it funny. But again, I'm watching this from my 2018 self. I mean, I'm thinking about like what my sister-in-law was saying. She's like, Oh, we still quote that movie in this house, <laughs> like people, <laughs> but I'm looking at him like, Oh my gosh, you could, this could, this is terrible. Yeah, it was. It's like, here's this guy. He's had all kinds of ass over the years and he is acting like he's 12 years old and he just got his first boner. Like it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. yeah it's crazy. Yeah. And this is a dude, this is a dude where from the, the party scene earlier, he he has his you know his kept woman who's you know Lil Kim Lil Kim in her prime like you mm-hmm. know beautiful and then he uh, he's dancing with triplets like three blonde triplets uh huh and and yeah it's 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 just it's insane yeah it's this insane. movie asks us to believe a whole lot of unbelievable things mm-hmm. just for the joke you know right. just for the joke it doesn't make any sense it has no value to the story it's just purely for the joke it doesn't even it doesn't even follow the line of logic that they set up in the beginning and that's this whole script and we we see the game opens this is where genuine comes in uh genuine genuine in his prime um Mm -hmm. and he comes in he plays the singer romeo and he sings the anthem uh While, while holding a rose while holding a rose uh (laughs) <laughs> and everybody is just, and it's one of those, like, it's a terrible anthem. It's one of those anthems that just goes on and on forever, which I'm just like, at a sports event, 
When someone sings the anthem, you get in and you get out. People aren't there for the anthem. Right. Yeah. This is like, yeah, like way too sexy version of the anthem, you know, totally, totally unnecessary. Yeah, completely. He may have even been wearing a see-through shirt when he was singing, if I'm remembering it correctly, but it was just a very sexed up national anthem. (laughs) And what was, I'm I'm sorry. Do you remember genuine's like hit? Yes. What what was the big, the big one that he had? I'm horny. Let's do it. Ride it. My pony, my saddles (laughs) waiting. Come and ride my pony. Oh yes. (laughs) Oh man! Oh man! That 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 song is about as subtle as this movie. Like they were made. Like oh my god, they were made for each other. Maybe genuine ghost. You know, he's the ghost writer. <laughs> he might very well have been. Oh, I remember genuine for sure. For sure. In fact, if I am not mistaken, he was recently in the news because he was doing like a celebrity big brother, I think overseas somewhere Mm. and uh, maybe in Australia. And one of the contestants was transgender. It was a transgender woman. So Mm -hmm. a man transitioning to a woman and the person asked, I guess he really liked he or she really liked genuine and wanted to kiss genuine and genuine said, no, you know, I'm really, I'm not into you, you know, I'm, I'm straight and I'm, I'm not interested in, in a, a trans woman. I guess he just, he just wasn't interested in him. And, right. uh, and so he got a lot of flack for that, uh, for not wanting to kiss this person. So he, it was like a big controversy for a hot second. I think, yeah, I think I, yeah, I think I had heard of that. And then, um, yeah, I don't remember yeah, at the time, I think I was trying to figure out who Genuine was because I get I would get him like again. It's sort of like this time period. You have like so many people, so many artists doing the same exact kinds of artwork. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm mixing Genuine up with Maxwell at the time. Like all these like like you know R and B singers. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's... Who was who? Who's the dude? Who's the dude? He had. Um, I remember the music video where it was him shirtless. And this dude had just like most ridiculous abs. Like he had like, and That's, it's just yeah. what's his name? Um, that is D'Angelo. D'Angelo. Yes. So I get so in the same way that I get all like like punk bands mixed up, like from like you know the late you know early two thousands. Uh-huh. I get like all these dudes mixed up. So I'm like, is that like, like all the songs just kind of like you know blend in together? Well, D'Angelo and Maxwell were more um, like neo soul jazz so they actually had kind of legitimate careers and genuine was yeah. just hip-hop pop and, oh. and, and and you know back then you know like the styles were the same too so i can see like now we're more open to having like a broader spectrum of black artists but mm-hmm. there was a time not that long ago really where there was only room for a certain thing you know like white hollywood or white music industry was only going to sell this one thing uh-huh. And you had to be this one thing. And um, and so that was the time period that you're refer- referring to. But yeah, Genuine was like just a hip-hop, pop, like 
that that nasty sexy d'angelo was the bomb though d'angelo was that video the rumor about that video was that he actually was fully naked and that he was getting a blowjob while the video was happening <laughs> and that's why it looks like it does oh my god that's, yeah. a, that's amazing yeah <laughs> <laughs> And then he blew well, maybe, up. You know, maybe whoever was giving him the blowjob was just doing such a good job that it was like literally like sucking in his stomach and like just his abs shown. I don't know. Make... He was like freaking ripped in that video. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and it made yeah. him a huge sex symbol. And apparently mm-hmm. it really messed with his mind after that. And he dropped out of the scene. He had like a little mental breakdown. And he just recently started touring again. And he is like, he's fat. He's like, he just let himself go. He was like, I can't handle being a sex symbol he's like a totally different person wow yeah uh, poor poor d'angelo poor d'angelo but he's was i had that cd on repeat and back in the day that whole cd is awesome all right let's move on <laughs> getting huh. back to see this is like there's not much do you want to, it's such a horrible movie it really is we've done the past few movies I've done in the show, Lou, have actually turned out to be very good. We did Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure uh, recently, and that's actually a really good movie. And when I'm it watching it, it, get, it yeah. holds up. So there's a couple of movies we've done where it's like, this movie's too good to do on this show. This is not one of <laughs> these movies. So we meet Tommy Davison. He's in the stands. He's hollering at Joanna. Of course, you got to have... Well, can, can, we, can, we, uh, can we just talk a little bit about the, same, like the stands themselves? Like... There are way too many fans, dude. In the, right? Like there, like I don't know. I, I've never. I have in my notes. Of, this is definitely Hollywood. Look at how many people are at this women's game. Like crazy for them, yeah. No, okay. So funny note about the stadium shots. I. It's really hard to find any information about this film. Like it's been erased from the internet. You gotta dig. I found a Reddit, a Reddit AMA from seven or eight years ago where one of the production assistants who worked on this film did an AMA. And he said that if you look closely at the crowd scenes in the stadium, most of the people are cardboard cutouts. Oh, wow. School had gone back for the summer. So the filming started in the summer, but it, it spilled into the fall. So all the extras that they had had all went back to work and school. And they didn't have enough people to fill the stadium, so they had to use cardboard cutouts. Wow. And, and I bet those cardboard cutouts were, you know, a lot more complex than the characters <laughs> in the actual but I'm in the actual movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's part of why it looked so packed. It wasn't real people. Um, and then we see Tommy Davison as, like, he's got a gold grill... Big chain, just a caricature. Tommy Davidson, though, is still one of my favorite comic actors. Oh, yeah, he's so good. I always feel like he never really got... He's like um, Tim Meadows. Like, he never got the right thing mm-hmm. for him. Yeah. He's immensely talented. And yeah. even though his character was so one-note, I laughed every time he was on screen. When, 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 you know, when he was doing that character, it reminded me of like, characters that he would do on In Living Color. You know, when I was like, you know, as a kid, I I loved In Living Color. Yes. Get to watch that. Um, Here's the thing about about, um, Tommy Davidson, too. If if you haven't, like, checked out his stand-up, in his stand-up, he does an impression of Sylvester Stallone that is, like, unreal. 
it's really? it, like you close your eyes and you're like, oh, that's Sylvester Stallone. Oh my god, he's yeah, amazing, amazing impression of Stallone. I always thought of Tommy Davidson as the Sammy Davis Jr. of our time, and it could be that all, he had a, a wicked Sammy Davis. Yeah, his, his Sammy was great, uh-huh. but he's also a singer and a dancer. And oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, he's got a really good voice. And he's he's really talented. Um, in this movie, he's just like, you know, like oh, do you want a girl? You a girl? Oh yeah. yeah. He's got he's the just, grill. Yeah, he's got yeah, the grill. Right. He's just creepy and weird, but still kind name's of funny. Puff, right? I think uh, his name's oh, Puff. Puff Smoky Smoke. Puff Smoky Smoke. <laughs> Somebody wrote that down. <laughs> Somebody wrote it down on paper, and it <laughs> never got <laughs> punched up. Or maybe it did. Maybe that was the punch up. Right. Which would be real sad. But Juwan is at this game, and, of course, Jamal is looking at, you know, he's on the bench, and he sit, gets to sit next to a weird Kim Wayans. Yeah, is she gay in the in the movie? I was trying to figure that out. Like, she, uh, It's like she does have a line where she's like, I'm just down for, like, bitches and yeah. movies or something and then him as Joanna's like ooh I like you so it was like clear that she was gay but then there's a scene later where all the, the girls on the team are in their room drinking wine after a game because that's probably what women's basketball professional basketball players do after right. games <laughs> yeah. gather yeah. in somebody's room for wine and gossip and doing their nails yeah. and uh, she says something about like liking a big dick so yeah, yeah. Wow. Oh, and can we talk? And can we talk about those hotel rooms? Like, yes. What, well, what, what, what hotel are they staying in? <laughs> it, like, is every hotel like a bed and breakfast from like Gothic New England or something? <laughs> I have it in my notes. Like, what is this room? <laughs> I have that too. The 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 set was so odd. It was yeah. so odd. I I don't know. I they clearly dressed something else. Mm-hmm. I yeah. don't know what it was. Maybe they only had one. <laughs> the, set. The, the only the only uh, set they had was was the uh, the basketball court. So then they had to dress that up. <laughs> Look like a hotel room. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> or whatever room that that um, the commission met in. I bet that was like oh, yeah. some kind of soundstage, and they just dressed it over and over again. Yeah, because the lighting was weird. It was yeah. like dark and. There's no windows. It was bizarre. Yeah, and yeah, it was crazy. Um, and uh, yeah, Kim Wayans is. I've never. She's like the least funny Wayans. She's. <laughs> I the Wayans family is. I don't know. They have always been fascinating to me. Um, that they all came up as a family. They're not all right. talented. Um, Sean Kim Wayans. And Sean Wayans are like the least talented Wayans, and uh, but they keep getting work because their brothers get work. And um, they and they do not age. Like, no, it's in, like Damon Wayans looks like his son. Like yes. they look like they're the same age. Yes, it's, it's incredible. It yeah. is. It's crazy. It's true what they say. Black don't crack. Black don't crack. I'm, I'm surprised we didn't we didn't hear that line in this movie. And if you know, for yes. some reason. <laughs> I bet it was I, I in go, there. It just got cut for time. It was like, oh, are you going to um, – no, the pressure is going to get to her. And then she just like stops on yes. the baseline. Just looks so much like, black don't crack. And oh, then, Lou, I see no, a future for throw, you. Throws up a no-look shot. And, 
Joanna Man 3 by Lou Perez. <laughs> yes, I see a future. Well, you know, Jamal can't stand that he's not in this game because he knows he can outplay these stupid girls because girls are dumb. Right. And he finally gets his <laughs> chance. This whole movie is like girls are dumb. That's what this movie is. It, this movie hates women. And uh, he finally gets his chance to go in because one of the girls falls and hurts herself. And the he, white girl. The white girl. The white girl. It's... Yeah, the token white girl. And he gets in and, uh, of course, like runs the court. is awesome. But he won't pass the ball. Just like Jamal, Joanna is a ball hog. And mm-hmm. I have in my notes here... Could he not get some proper boob support? Like, why are his why is oh, yeah. his boobs so bouncy? Yeah, and 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 also, you know, since uh, he's the one who put together his disguise, he chose the size of his fake boobs. Yes, you know, so the even yeah, and they, yeah, they're bouncing all over the place, and it's like sports bra. It doesn't mean it doesn't matter that he's wearing a sports bra. Yeah, yeah. Again, just another thing that's in there for the joke. But doesn't make any sense. And he gets to the locker room afterwards. They've lost the game. And Vivica Fox is, is bitching at the coach in the coach's office saying, you know, this girl's crazy. She doesn't pass the ball. She's not a team player. She's a problem. And then we get in this really <laughs> hashtag hilarious scene with um, Jamal um, trying to adjust his fake boobs. And one of oh, the boobs, right. yes, oh, <laughs> one of the boobs flies out of the bra and get and s- gets suctioned onto the glass onto the window of the coach's office, and it's it's animation, which oh. is crazy. Oh, they did that in post. Yeah, wow. they did it in post. Did you notice? You didn't realize that when you were watching it. I I was so confused. But I was like, <laughs> what What is this? material made out of what 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 well I, th- I think more than anything i was just like why did i agree to this <laughs> i was just like oh okay, i'm gonna have to we're gonna have to have a talk <laughs> it's animated which is oh it, it's animated in 2002 animation so it's not like that sophisticated if you go back and watch it not that you're gonna go back and watch this lou but if you ever <laughs> have the opportunity to see this scene again you'll notice it was just such bad animation it sticks itself to the window and then he's gotta like you know scurry over there and grab it off the window but he's not really grabbing it because there's not really anything there it's all animated and he grabs it just in time and gets it off the window and i guess it's hilarious and um and he let's see everybody else is gonna hit the showers and he gets real excited about that and i just right. have in my notes hashtag me too me too me too me too <laughs> this is not okay um and he has to come up with some contrivance why he can't take his clothes off uh right to shower or he i think he says he just leaves at this point like, yeah, he's just going to go home. shower at yeah. home, I think. Yeah. yeah, and then when he's leaving, of course, we find out that, oh, no, Romeo? Romeo dates Michelle, Vivica Fox. Romeo right. is her boyfriend. He hands the rose to her after he sings the national anthem. That's right. And he, they, very, impor- very important. 
and she's like, oh, thank you, baby. Which, funny note, my daughter is 10, and she was watching that. She was like, oh, he gave her a rose, just like The Bachelor. She loves The Bachelor. So that was like a 2018 <laughs> reference for her. <laughs> well, that's where they got the idea. I guess. It's true. Yes, this movie. But, you know, then Jamal comes out, and lo and behold, Lou, Romeo <laughs> is romancing another woman in the stadium while he's waiting for Michelle. He's not nice. This guy isn't nice, Lou. You know, he's kind of a jerk in the in the way that Jamal was a jerk. Yeah. With women. Wow. I didn't see it coming. Sometimes you need to see yourself. That's right. That's to see right. yourself. In That's yourself. right. That's right. <laughs> that could have, that was the other tagline of this movie, but they <laughs> <laughs> they rejected that one. Um and who does who was doing his makeup by the way? It was flawless. Right? We yeah. needed a scene where he was learning how to put on his makeup. Mhm. Um and then he uh so we come to the next day it's that practice coach is like, "Dude, you got to work or lady, you got to work your stuff out." You're going to play one-on-one with Vivica Fox until you figure out how to be a team player, which Still doesn't make much sense to me, but yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> whatever. It doesn't make any sense because he just, you know, destroys her in one on one. Yeah, he destroys and, her. He crushes her. Yeah, His girls and, are dumb. And afterwards, it's you know this whole like, um, it's almost like she's trying to guilt him into being a team player. Like you're pretty good, but you should be part of a team. We need to work together. Um, it, it, this thing actually like it made. Uh, I haven't played sports in a while, but I'm like, I don't want to be a part of a team. <laughs> the, the, this movie is making me not want to be part of a team at all. It's so true. <laughs> it's so true. And I guess so now he's crushing on her now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so she invites him for a, a spa day, a girl spa day, which is sets us up for a whole scene of spa day jokes. Oh, yeah, my hijinks. God. Spa hijinks. day hijinks. Yes. There's the they go up for the spa day and he's dressed to the nines, by the way. He's got heels and like why any man playing a woman would put himself in a tight dress. I don't know, but he does this. Um, Get the Kelly Clarkson wax scene. You know, he's getting his leg. Legs, legs, and, and you hear and it sounds like it sounds like carpet is being pulled up from a floor. Slowly. Yeah, Slowly. the 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 foley artist uh, working on it had a you know had some carpeting. It was, like, <laughs> <laughs> it was it was just terrible. And then of course that he gets uh, you know they get a shoulder massage and she gets the hot chick and once again like a twelve year old who's never had sex he's like ooh I can't wait you know to get my shoulders rubbed by some hot right. lady and then it's some big burly fat biker massage. Yeah, a guy who looks like he looks like a white iron iron chic. Basically, yeah. the rest, yeah. Oh, like you know what, Lou? I have to go backwards just a little bit because there was a sure. line in here that made me like go, "What?" <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> he when he after that first game and his boobs are jump bumping up and down and he he meets up with Kevin Pollock, his agent again, and um, his agent is like, "I told you not to draw too much attention to yourself." And you just, like, went out there. And he's like, well, what was I supposed to do? Play like a bitch? And Kevin Pollack goes, yes, play like a woman. (laughs) I was like, 
I, I forgot that was in there. I was like, what? Okay. I, I think I, I think I, I, I didn't hear that because I think at around that point in the movie, I just started punching myself in the head. Uh, so <laughs> you were like, <laughs> why, why, why do I, why am I doing this? Yeah. I, I just, that move that, uh, that's another line where this guy, Bradley Allenstein was probably like cracking himself up. He was like, Oh man, burn. This is going to yeah. be, <laughs> this line is so good. Yeah. And he's like, this will get back at all the real bitches that have told me I, <laughs> I would never write a movie. <laughs> I would never make it. Never, ever. I wonder how they got funding for this. <laughs> and if Bradley Allenstein was connected in some way, like he's somebody's son and like his dad gave him money to make, I don't know. I, w- I wonder if there, if this is like a, like a big money laundering scheme. Like <laughs> right. if, if we, if we actually imagine, if we, imagine that leads to an open, like we open an investigation and we find out like, yeah, you know, they funneled, you know, drug, drug money through this uh, terrible, terrible movie. <laughs> they may have, it, I, it didn't make that much money. I don't think, I still don't think it's made. It's it's budget back. I think the estimated budget was fifteen million. I think gross to date is like thirteen million. Well, I don't know how much you paid for the DVD, but yeah. I thought they were going to break even right around. Maybe right after purchased it. We'll <laughs> see. We'll see. I, I we might this podcast might bump up the sales a little bit. We might see a little surge in the sales. Um, there's this scene, Lou, where. Jamal is late for the flight. The, uh-huh. the the girls' team is the ladies' team is just flying out for an away game, and he's late, so he's rushing, and he's got to uh-huh. get all his makeup on and stuff, and he gets pulled over by a cop. Yes. 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 This scene definitely stood out. This scene really stood out. There's a couple of things that stood out. My the first thing I noticed was that he had to say when the police officer pulls him over, and he's like, "Oh shit, you know this is bad news." Oh, and he's white. I just thought, like, we all know that there's this thing that goes on with, like, black men and white police officers. Like, did we have to have it spelled out? Like, even just the fact that he had to say, oh, and he's white, I just thought was just really a little moment that's indicative of everything that's wrong with this movie. Like, everything is just completely spelled out. Right. We didn't need yeah, that a, moment spelled out. But then there's a great moment, and you, I'll let you break this one down for us. Yeah, so, you know, so obviously, you know, we've, um, throughout, you know, up until this point, Joanna Mann has never been asked for identification. No yes. one has, you know, no, I, I don't know what it's like when you sign a contract with a professional team, but nobody has asked her to prove who, who she is. And because of that, I guess she never got a fake ID or, or anything. So the cop asked to see some ID, and then she hands over um, uh, Jamal's driver's license. And whoa, that that's that's pretty fishy. Um, and the cop asked, "What's you know what's the deal with this?" And Joanna explains that um, she recently had surgery. Uh, I think she like I don't know if she says outright that I got my balls cut off, um, but. It, it was something along the lines of that. And then the cop says, get out of the car. And then uh, she gets out. She's like, oh, no, she's done for. And the cop tells her to, to spin around. And she spins around. And then it's revealed that the cop is going to have the same surgery. No I'm having, way. Yeah. The cop says, I'm having it done, too. 
And um, and then the cop right, gets like super gay, super gay, stereotypically yeah, super gay. gay, yeah. And what's what's really interesting is that you're looking at this cop, and it's like obviously this cop has not undergone any hormone treatment whatsoever. So I don't know, I don't know when the surgery is planned, um, but it's really important for us to know that the way <laughs> the way Joanna Man gets out of this traffic violation is through this mutual, um, uh, this thing that, that he and a cop have in common. So. Which, which was, whole, again, another scene where I saw the writer sitting down and really just laughing to himself about yeah. this, like just thinking, this is so hilarious. Oh my gosh. This, I, this is where I thought this movie might have had some potential if it was a movie about a guy who was misogynistic and, you know, really like, which this guy is, but that's not really his problem. His problem is that he's arrogant as the movie makes us believe. What if it was a story about a guy who, and then he figures out, you know, like the difficulties of being a woman and like the challenges of being a woman in modern society. And here's an opportunity for him to see, like maybe the police officer sexually harasses him or maybe he learns that a woman can get out of a ticket by using her feminine wiles. You know, like, there's some to me that was like the laziest choice. It was so mm-hmm. stupid and stupid, but also it was like a missed opportunity for something actually genuine, not the singer, but the word to, to happen huh? in this movie, something that would actually have um, some stakes to it. Like this and, could and, have been a moment and plausibility too. Right. You know, right. Uh, in fact, cause I don't even, th- yeah, I don't even think they were, cause I know, I know in Los Angeles, Los Angeles is known, um, they have, uh, like open, uh, transgender police officers. And, um, I know that that, you know, was a, was a, you know, a big moment for them. Um, especially trying to have a, you know, a diverse police force. I don't know what the deal is in Charlotte. Um, <laughs> in 2002. You know, we're, we're, yeah, exactly. In, in 2002. Um, but yeah. Yeah. It wasn't the thing. It just was, yeah, it was the laziest and most outrageous choice. It just right. it it was a missed opportunity for a funny moment and a and a an ed moment of education for Jamal. That scene just stood out to me, um, right. and it was terrible. It was terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, uh, so he makes it to the plane. So that whole thing of him mi- almost missing the plane. Another thing where it was just like set. It was a setup for a joke. It didn't have any consequences. He didn't miss the flight. And have right. to figure out how to get to the game. He didn't like get reprimanded for it. Like there were no consequences for him missing this flight. The only purpose was was to have this scene with the police officer. It was mm-hmm. just done. And he gets to the game. They they play this away game. I have in my notes that this this game is like the Globetrotters versus the generals like <laughs> it's so you know him and Vivica Fox are you know, like they're just owning he's basically owning this game and she's like of course he's not passing the ball she she's she's open forever right in this movie like she's standing there no one's guarding her she's standing under the basket for like a full minute like a Joanna Joanna he doesn't pass the ball um there's Another hashtag Me Too moment where he's like squeezing asses in the huddle, like he's oh, never yeah. squeezed a chick's ass before. 
Yeah, does that come? Does that come after they start? He starts passing the ball. Yes. Is that? Uh, yeah. So when you pass the ball, you become a a team player, and when you become a team player, you get to grab your other teammates' asses. Yes. Is, is that the? Yes, that's the lesson he learns. Yeah. Right. So he became a team player, and he gets the game ball at the end of the game. They win the game because he's now Joanna is a team player now. And oh, and and and, and that's a moment I think. When Stevie Wonders "Isn't She Lovely" starts playing, like see, that. I didn't catch that. There's I didn't a mon- even yeah, know there's that. a there's a montage of Joanna Mann passing the ball, and "Isn't She Lovely" is playing. And I, I'm just very, I'm so thankful that Stevie Wonder could never see this movie. <laughs> um, I know that's a cheap uh, that was a cheap one. Thank you, Bradley but. Allen Steen. <laughs> Lou, <laughs> Lou Perez is the Bradley Allen Steen of our time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, you know, dang, another moment where this movie just hits you over the head with a beat. Like, it, oh, wow. Wow. Well, they, of course, uh, Joanna and Michelle are bunkmates. So they're staying in the hotel together after the game. Um, again, another weird hotel room. I don't know. Yeah, where this hotel was or what it was. Um, it looked like a cave with the weirdest set decoration. Um, they're getting ready for bed. And another joke, another joke that I saw on the page <laughs> that I had to write down. <laughs> she, you know, Joanna's like, Oh, I love your pajamas. And, and, right. uh, Vivica Fox says, thanks. I got them from Victoria's secret. And Joanna says, right. oh, um, I sure like to know what Victoria's Secret is or something like that. And I'm like, how many times has this uh-huh. joke right. been made? Another scene, like, that's just a setup for that <laughs> stupid line. You're, I think you're right, Lou. I think this guy had a bunch of lines <laughs> and then just built a movie around. Right. Just, I, he's like, I need to connect the dots. He's like, I need to connect the dots of this it's almost like people who, um, um, you know, are like paranoid schizophrenics and then they look at a newspaper and they find like all little words and they're trying to connect them. <laughs> like this is sort of the, this is the equivalent, the equivalent of that. And, 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 you know, talk about an opportunity even there to have, you know, a real, like, you know, a, a, a cheesy joke. I mean, the fact that she bought something from Victoria's Secret you would think it would be like a really sexy piece of lingerie. And I could imagine her saying like, hey, what do you think about this? I want to wear it for Romeo or whatever. And then you could have like some tension there of, oh my God, she looks so amazing in this. Oh, she's wearing it for that jerk and not me. Uh, yeah, but that, yeah, no, this scene was just for the Victoria's Secret joke. Right. And a little bit of like she, of course, she's got a knot in her neck, so Joanna's got to rub out the knot in her neck. And even though they went to the spa, like <laughs> how many it's crazy. So they have their heart to heart girl talk, and Michelle pulls out a picture of Romeo. Cause she always takes a picture of Romeo on the road with her. And of course, we get we get to know that she Romeo would never cheat on her. She knows this because she's a girl, and girls are dumb, by the way, and. Uh, so we get, that's all that scene is for. That's all it's for. And eventually we get to this, another scene that's kind of like the, um, 
cop scene, which is just in there to get to a joke. And it's this double date. She, Joanna and Michelle go right. on a double date with Romeo and Tommy Davison's weird character with the grill. And they meet at a restaurant and Joanna is just drinking and drinking and drinking because right. he doesn't want to be on this date with Tommy Davison for obvious reasons. But he he wants to please Michelle. Michelle wants to do this date. It's all to get us to the bathroom. He he has to go to the bathroom because he's been drinking a lot. And instead of just going to the ladies' room, which he totally could have done and should have done, um, because the ladies' room, I don't know if you're aware, Lou, but it has stalls. Like It does. Yes, it yeah. has stalls, and that's where ladies I've heard, go pee. I've heard of tales about stalls. It's, it's true. And it's where ladies go pee. And so we don't have to be seen out in the open peeing. We go, we can go into the stall and close the door, which he could have done. I guess he could have done that in the men's room too. But instead we have this scene where he goes in full drag, goes to the urinals and pees. And then it lasts for like three minutes, four minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and there's a, there's an older white gentleman who looks over at, at him uh peeing and is you know aghast and then i believe i believe juana man burps in his face and that is the sign that the guy should get out of there so he leaves and (laughs) he's still peeing and then who comes up but a a younger gay man who looks over likes what he sees and then juana man farts and then that that's the cue for the gay man to leave and then um, at some point, Juana Man finishes urinating. And I don't know if, if he washes his hands. No, he wipes his hands on his dress. On his dress, right. Which, uh, you know, if you look at the, the physics of it, the way that he's positioned and he's peeing into the, uh, into the urinal, but it doesn't seem like he had the dress up at all in order to, <laughs> you know, be able to, you know, get his unit under it. So it, it left a, you know, it's one of those scenes that leaves a lot more questions than answers. <laughs> it was completely unnecessary. It was completely unnecessary. Uh, and then of course, this is just another opportunity for us to see how, like how bad Romeo is. Cause he's dancing with Michelle. And even while he's dancing with her, he is getting another woman's phone number. Right. She's slipping yeah. him her phone number while she's dancing with her uh, boyfriend. <laughs> On a business card. On a business so she card. Has like a, yeah. So That's she, what like, my it, husband it's... said. He was like, where did she get that business card from? Is she just holding it, hoping to give it to someone? She, this is this is what her business is. Her yes. business <laughs> is slipping her number to uh, dudes. And also, like, you know, everybody involved, like, all the main characters are famous, Right, like they're either sports figures or in Romeo's case, Romeo and Puff's case, right? They're they're musicians, but no one's treating them like they are. Yeah, you know? yeah, they're just yeah, they're just out and about, unbothered by it. Maybe that's what life yeah. in Charlotte is like. I don't know. <laughs> Low key. Low key. Yeah. Maybe that's why Romeo lives in Charlotte instead of L.A. Because he can be a mm. regular guy, he can take his girl out, and you know, I don't know. <laughs> just, yep. But, you know, then it, that leads us to the scene where Tommy Davidson takes Joanna home. And and, and Tommy Davidson and, and Puff um, does not take no for an answer. No. He does not. He, he just does not uh, get it when someone is just not into him. 
hashtag me too. Uh, yep. This is he's the a season sorry of this story. Just does not take no for an answer. Oh. <laughs> well, let's not get into Jesus thing because I don't know if Jesus actually told. That's true. I don't think uh, he told was. outright. I am not. You know that's a you know. Um, well, that's let's, true. Let's, I don't want to, and I don't want to, I don't want to get in trouble because I did another podcast where I talked about that story, and then one of my sponsors dropped out because I didn't talk bad enough about Aziz and sorry, apparently. Oh, so, did, was it a was it like a, a white wine? Um, it was, like no, a vineyard. I can't, <laughs> I can't say who it was, huh. but yes, I I had to, I actually had to cut that part out of the podcast. Because it wasn't hashtag me too enough. So let's not go there. But um, so, yeah, we just he doesn't take no for an answer. But Jamal just kicks him in his balls. Ha ha. Goes inside. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then we're treated to this banshee. The banshees are winning montage. We see he's leading them to victory. Something they couldn't do um, without a guy around. But now that the right. band's there, now they're winners. Um, yes. And. I'm just going to push this along a little bit because we're running out of time here. But um, I do have my notes here, though. What is Kim, Kim Wayans doing in this movie? I don't even know why she was in this movie. Yeah, she has like hardly, I mean, she has very few lines. Uh, there's a moment, you know, towards the, you know, at, you know, at, at the end of the movie when uh, she, she's just there to do a very cartoonish swagger. Yeah. Of some sort, and it's like, whoa, what's going on? <laughs> Why is Kim Wayans in this movie? I mean, there's some hijinks with like a physical exam. Like now, Juana needs to do a physical exam. The doctor's coming in to examine them for insurance purposes. And right. um, how, how, how is she going to get out of this? How is she going to get out of this one? Well, she searches through the laundry basket and finds the mascot um, right. outfit. Now, I have to admit, I want to know what you thought of when he pulled out that mask. It was like a bear's foot, and he holds it up. I thought it was going to go on his junk. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Okay, it's not just me. There you go. (laughs) That that, that could be a sign of great writing in that, you know, he he totally tricked us, the the screenwriter on this one. No, I think think he didn't even... (laughs) Think of that. I think if he had thought of it, he would have put it in there. He pulls out this foot, and I'm thinking, yeah, he's going to put this bear's foot on his junk, and then there's going to be this whole scene where the doctor's, like, sticking his hand in the foot, and it feels like it's a bush, but it's... And then there'd be this whole written, all these jokes about how it feels. (laughs) No, he he just puts on the mascot outfit and, and leaves disguise but that's how that's where this movie brought us to lou yeah that is the point that it drug us down to that we (laughs) actually thought that this was a thing that was gonna happen (laughs) and i wouldn't have been surprised i was actually surprised that it didn't happen well it it, it was amazing that um joanna man felt the need to dress up as the team mascot in order to leave the, you know, the physical, as opposed to just walking out. <laughs> and then also, she, uh, Joanna Mann drives 
his car <laughs> while dressed in the mascot uniform and the sight lines in the, on a on a on an eagle what was it like an eagle head or something like that, um, which is weird because that's how what a banshee is. Yeah, right? I guess you're right. No, I thought it was a bear. Oh, was it a bear? Bear head. I, I thought it was a bit. I thought it was a. I thought it was a bird of some sort. Maybe I. Maybe we have two different. Two different cuts. <laughs> I don't know. We don't know what a banshee is. Maybe and maybe neither did Bradley Allenstein. <laughs> but <laughs> this is he. He well, you're right. He 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 never takes this off and drives all the way to his agent's office. Um, with this outfit on, it says, I can't do this anymore. And this is when, this is now we're moving to the, this is where I said to myself, thank God, we have got to be close to the end here. Because the agent <laughs> says, you know, I've got you another hearing with the commission. You know, just ride right. this out and just come and make your sincere apology and we'll make everything right with the world. And, and, uh, we, we get to this point where, um, He's like, fine, okay, he realizes I'm a part of this team now. And we're winning, right. and the team could possibly win the championships. We just got to win this one big game, and then we're moving on to the championships. And lo and behold, this big game comes up at the same time that the appointment for the commissioner's hearing is. And he has to make a choice. Does he? He has to make a choice. Yep. Yep. Is he going to go and be a part of the team? Or is he going to go and save his career as Jamal? And right. we see that the big game's coming up and everybody's ready, but Juana May is not there. Michelle's like, where's Juana? And also we see the commission waiting and they're like, Jamal's not here. Where's Jamal? And I'm like, Jamal has not left for either place yet. Like Kevin Pollock <laughs> calls him and he's at home. He's like, look, I, I have some quiet, you know, I'm not sure if I can do this. Like, dude, you could have gone to one place or the other, you know, and instead he's right. just like at home doing nothing. <laughs> and uh, eventually, you know, he decides he's going to go and help his team out because he's now he's a team player. And um, he comes in and they they win the game. I love that the coaches, the, the ladies coach is useless. All she does oh, yeah. from the sideline is scream defense, get the ball. <laughs> Well, well, uh, well, a line of dialogue that's really important and shows, you know, just how far we've come in this in this movie is the uh, commissioner of basketball uh, says uh, to Kevin Pollack, he says, I guess some things never change. And that's regarding Jamal not showing up. And then when he leaves, <laughs> Kevin Pollack says, no, you're wrong about that. You see, Jamal has changed. Mm hmm. In, in more than just <laughs> more than just drag, you right. know, he's changed. As a, he's a team player now. I, well, I loved that line though because they're like Kevin Pollock doesn't have anyone to talk to, so you have to. <laughs> he has to do he all of that work. To talk to. <laughs> <laughs> he has to do all of that work for the audience um, by himself. You know where he's standing there going, actually. You know, he's having the realization that Jamal has changed. It's just such a hilarious moment because it has to read on his face so that the audience can get it. This is where Kevin Pollock is like, he, this man is a skilled actor. He was able to pull off that horrible, cheesy, really dumb moment and make us realize, oh, you know what? He is different now. Right. Yeah. 
What? <laughs> well, yeah, he's just talking to no one. Talk, like, like we often do when we have a realization. Wait a minute. Maybe, <laughs> maybe my friend has changed. Yeah, um, and, and I was, yeah, and then, and at that moment in the movie, I, I, I wondered, have I changed as well? <laughs> but hmm? no, we haven't changed. No. no one in this movie really changes. I mean, Jamal doesn't learn anything about women. He doesn't, like, he just figures out how to be a team player, but, like, his attitude right. doesn't really change. I mean, they win the game. He dunks, which is inexplicable as well, because didn't weren't we told at the beginning of the movie that women can't dunk? Like, it's illegal in the women's league? Right. Yeah, there, yeah, there was that, that element of it. Mm-hmm. And then he wins the game by dunking. And smashing the backboard, and everyone's like, "No, oh, we won." Yeah, you know what? I, I actually be, um, before this, I looked up. Uh, I'm always interested in what Roger Ebert's reviews were yeah. like. Yeah. Uh, and and he brought he brought he brought that up. Yes. Uh, the fact that it's illegal, but yet somehow they won by doing it, and 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 also and it shows you where. Um, you know, the reason why, why you shouldn't dunk is because your wig is going to fall off. Right. And then everyone's going to know you're a man because your wig fell, fell off. Yeah. Yeah. Cause your wig fell off. I was just, <laughs> I guess when the wig fell off, then everyone was like, Oh, that is Jamal Jeffries. Look at him. Now I see it. Like before no one had a clue. At all. The wig comes off. He's busted. Tommy Davidson has this weird moment where he's like trying to figure out if it's okay for him to still be into Joanna, even though now he's figured out it's me. Again, another moment where I saw it on the page and the writer was probably just really giggling to himself about right. that moment. Um, and now, every, now everyone hates Joanna, Jamal Jeffries, mm-hmm. even more. Yep. Yep. <sighs> They never really explained, and Roger Ebert did put that in his review as well. Like, wouldn't all of their games have to be vacated once they found <laughs> out that this guy was playing in the women's league? Right, right. But they still go on to the championships without Jamal, because now yep. he's disgraced. Uh, but he still gets his moment in front of the commissioner's panel for some strange reason, I guess because we needed the scene. Um, and we see that, um, you know, while the Banshees have gone on into the playoffs, they're really demoralized and, um, they go to the playoffs, but they're just, they're just not the same. They don't have Mm -hmm. the same skills. And we also see that Jamal's trying to woo Vivica Fox with roses, which works because women are dumb as we've seen in this movie. Um, and they're losing the big game, and Jamal shows up as Jamal. And at halftime, gives them the rousing speech in the locker room, which is just the hotel room redressed. I don't know if you've noticed that, but it's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same place. But I have in my notes here, oh, he, he mansplained them to victory. <laughs> he, he certainly did. He did. He gave them a big speech, and they went out and they won. And uh, I guess they can just do that. Yeah, they never needed him. They never needed him. He needed them. Right. Even though that's not 
true. <laughs> <laughs> he never needed that for what? What changed about him except he became a team player? He didn't gain any new respect for women. You know, he didn't like figure out, he didn't learn any lessons about what it's like to be a woman playing a man's game or anything. And he got everything he wanted. He goes back to the commission. He sits in front of the commission and, and, and gives his apologies. By the way, one woman on that commission and she never gets to speak. It's just, this movie hates women. <laughs> and then the girls, the ladies basketball team barges in. And says, you know, well, we we help, we don't hold it against Jamal, so you shouldn't either. And I guess they've won. They give him a championship ring. Anything? Yeah, that, right. And and that's and that's the scene where Kim Wayne's swaggers in very weirdly. Yeah, like she has a, a very odd walk to her. I guess she was like, in lieu of having a line in this scene, I'm just gonna, you know, I'm just gonna walk in like this. I'm just gonna be super butch, and mm-hmm. then be like, yo. We still like them. And then the commissioner's like, well, I guess that's all we need to see here. You can have your job back or whatever. <laughs> We're going to unexpel you. You're fine. And then uh, Bobo Orlando Jones and Vivica Fox kiss in this weird ending to that scene. So And bizarre. that's their first kiss, right? I guess. Yeah, it's their first kiss. It doesn't been any indication that they've had any communication before this other than him sending her flowers. And then she comes in and she's like, you should, you should hire him back. We don't hold it against him and you shouldn't either. And then they kiss and then the scene ends. And I'm like, what? Is this, mm. is this the end? But it's not quite the end because then we... There's more. There's more. <laughs> it, it should have been the end. I guess but then we needed to know that at the end, Juana, Jamal gets his job back. And the end is just him being reintroduced at a basketball game as two-time champion and starring forward for the Charlotte beat, Jamal Jeffries. And so there's nothing. Oh, yeah, the fir- yeah, the first one to uh, – yeah, the first one to play – in the in both men's and women's leagues. Yes. So so they actually like they're uh, they they think it's a great they think it's a great thing that just happened. Yeah. So in the end, he got his job back. He got the championships. Um, he he didn't pay a price at all. Everything right. he got everything back, and he got the girl that he lied to. Like, nothing changed for this guy. He got everything. He was rewarded for every stupid, gross thing that he did. Nothing changed at the end of this movie. And I thought, here was a moment where I thought we would open up at the end and he would be coaching the women's The women's team. team. Is yeah. that what you thought? I, I, thought, I thought there would be, yeah, I thought he would be involved in some way with, with the Banshees. Yeah. Um, but then I guess, I, I guess they would have to have that awkwardness of him taking a woman's job. Um, so. maybe, or like they could have made him the assistant coach or something, you know, like humble right. him a little bit, but like he wants to train. I don't know, but no, instead he just sends anyway, movie over 90 minutes. Uh, did you like this <laughs> movie, Lou? <laughs> did I, did I like this movie? Um, uh, no, 
No, I, I didn't. It, it, it um, well, actually, one of the one of the questions that, that I that I had was during one of the celebration scenes where, like, you know, the team you know comes into the locker room and they had just won. I wonder how many times they, how many takes they needed to do before getting like the celebration anywhere near <laughs> believable. Because you know, because there's like a really awkward choreographed yes. chest bump and all that, and I'm like. Oh man! Like, uh, I was watching the extras in that scene, like I usually do in bad movies. I end up concentrating on what was going on in the background, and they did look really like, okay, high five this person. Now, who else do I high five? Who else is right. back here? Yeah, <laughs> nobody's sweaty. You no, know, nobody. You know, no, <laughs> nobody had just played. You know, how many, however many minutes. Well, they did dress Vivica's. Uh, Fox's arms with what was clearly baby oil. Like it was, <laughs> it was supposed to be sweat, but it just was like everybody on this set was an amp. This movie was like amateur hour. It's no wonder Will Smith did not take this job. It just was, this movie was <sighs> from start to finish, amateur hour. But every black person that I know loves this movie. Like my sister in law said, oh yeah, we, uh, we watch this all the time. We still quote this movie. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy that, you know, um, you know, with, with, with the history of our country and all of the, you know, all of the, uh, oppression and all that, that people are able to find joy in even this. So that, that's really, um, I, I, I would, I, I would have no idea that people would enjoy this movie. <laughs> people like after, still after, do. I was, I'm almost thinking like, like after everything black people have been through, you know, how could they do this? You know, how could they make you know, this move? We love a good, uh, man in drag movie. Tyler Perry <laughs> is still making money hand over fist as Medea. Although it is my, um, theory that Medea is actually propped up by middle-aged white women. Middle-aged white women love Medea. All mm. of my mom, like white mom friends, love uh, Medea. Medea's kind of like the, um, like the earnest mm-hmm. people thing, right? Like, like, I think there was one like Medea goes to jail or something, which uh-huh. I think was an earnest. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. Just an excuse for Medea to make a lot of prison jokes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> Medea's Halloween. Yeah, it's all kinds of Medea movies. And he's making money hand over fist. So, And like I said, at this time, this was like Martin Lawrence was making bank as Big Mama. Oh, yeah. Big Mama's house, right? Yeah. Which also recently came back and did quite well. Uh, This movie, the budget was estimated $15 Opening weekend, it made $5 in wide release. And um, at least the theater gross is $13 I don't know what the DVD uh, margin is on this. I'm sure it's a lot better than the theatrical release. Mm-hmm. But uh, you can't find this movie anywhere today. You can't find it. It is not on YouTube. There are, If you search it on YouTube, there are a bunch of videos that come up, but it, they've all been pulled. They've all been uh, – you can't um, stream it anywhere. And I had to find an independent seller on Amazon to find it. So it's not even like Amazon doesn't even have it. It's right. just independent seller. This movie has been erased. There's a lot of, there's a 
big swell of protests in recent years about this movie. So someone knew that it existed beyond the people that own the DVD and decided to that it needed to be erased from history. So this movie has basically been erased from history, except for this hmm. show. You have a collector's item, Lou. Amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find the, uh, the perfect place to hide it. Uh, <laughs> so nobody sees that I have this. <laughs> well, I want to read you this review. You read yes, the Roger please. Ebert review, but there's another review I, I found from the AV Club by okay. someone named Keith uh, uh, Phipps. And it says, uh, this is from June 25th, 2002. So we're pulling up on the anniversary of this. Um, if nothing else, programs like Behind the Music, oh, that was a great show. E! True Hollywood Story and the more recent sports-oriented Beyond the Glory have contributed a new type of character to the public consciousness. The redemption-seeking has been celebrity. Blame them for Juana Man, although there's certainly plenty of blame to go around. A basketball star so deluded by celebrity that he sees no harm in letting his sidekick stamp out autographs for his adoring fans, even at his own personal appearances, Miguel A. Nunez Jr. looks to be headed for a comeuppance at the outset of Juana Man. He finds it when his decision to respond to an ejection by stripping off his clothes earns him an expulsion from the league, the mass exodus of his army of hangers-on, and the loss of his hammer-style pleasure palace, a prime candidate for a fallen star redemption through suffering story. Nunez opts out of his personal downturn via the only shortcut avail available to him through the logic of unimpressive movie comedies, donning drag and playing in the women's league under the alias of the movie's telltale title. Adopting an accent that seems one part country, one part failed attempt at Irish brogue, Nunez, a poor substitute for Orlando Jones, if such a phenomenon can be imagined, figures that his time in the Charlotte Banshees could be a cakewalk. He doesn't suspect that his new teammates' fierce devotion to teamwork, powerful command of fundamentals, and easy emotional bonding will force him to rethink his basic views on basketball and life. Familiar as it sounds, a basketball tootsie, this isn't. Joanna Mann relies on the most time-tested basic moves of farce for laughs that just don't come. Playing a gold-capped rapper named Puff Smokey Smoke, Tommy Davidson unwittingly falls in love with the none-too-feminine-looking Nunez. As a dress-clad Nunez uh, and agent Kevin Pollock wrestle under over a contract, Pollock's secretary walks in just in time to get exactly the wrong impression. Nunez realizes he's a better match for teammate Vivica Fox than the womanizing soul man Genuine, but his disguise makes his instincts impossible to act upon. On it goes, through one familiar scenario after another, with the only real humor emerging from the appearance of so many transparent contrivances in such close proximity. There's a tradition of great cross-dressing comedies stretching from before Shakespeare through Tootsie and beyond. Juana Man steers well clear of it. So, there you have it. There you go. I mean, what else can be, uh, what else can be said? I tried to find some information about this movie, um, some facts, some trivia. There is nothing. There is almost nothing. I mean, everything has been erased from the Internet. I, I found this Reddit AMA with a PA who said working on the film was horrible. Oh, really? Oh, Why? Yeah. What, was, what was so bad about it? Well, 
other than other than the final product. Okay, well, do you want to hear some of the stuff? Yes. Okay. Um, the director's best friend was murdered during the filming of this. Um, NBA refused to give what? him. Yes. Genuine's one of Genuine's parents died while they were filming the national anthem scene. And the director and production staff chose not to tell him until they got the shot off. Oh, my. What? Yeah. <laughs> True story. So then Genuine was pissed for the rest of the movie because they didn't tell him. They actually filmed the whole scene. All the takes before they let him know that his, I think his dad had died. Oh, I know. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> I, I, I think, I think, I think you've buried the lead. Like this is the most no. interesting stuff about this movie. I know. This is what the person says on this Reddit. Uh, one of Genuine's parents died while he was on camera performing the song. The producers waited to tell him about it until they had enough footage of him on camera to let him go. He was. <gasps> furious uh yeah um let's see uh there was somebody who was an extra popped into this thread and said i was an extra in joanna man i got paid two hundred dollars for two days of various positions standing around on the ball court in charlotte the movie was too actually too awful to watch so i didn't even make it past the opening sequence <laughs> somebody wrote white people gave black people centuries of slavery oppression and cruelty black people gave white people juana man so i think it's about time we call it even <laughs> <laughs> but then there's this whole litany of like all the white people that actually made this movie so including bradley allen steen um they said vivica fox hated the director jesse vaughn which I did go up, to, I went on to look up, and this basically was the beginning and the end of his movie career. Hmm. Um, they said that he was terrible. She hated him. She said he was an idiot uh, during the, he did some In Living Color episodes. That was what was, that's probably how he got some of these people. Right. Um, this this person said Vivica Fox would stomp around and yell through the set about how much of an idiot he was. Uh, their first AD was high, was fired after the first month. Um, so apparently there were a bunch of firings on set throughout the for, throughout the filming. Um, you know, I think I'm going to go out on a limb. And say that even if none of this stuff happened, if everything just went like 100% smoothly, this would still be a terrible movie. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I think, I think, I think it's almost like you know, Genuine's dad dying and the buddy <laughs> being murdered. That's kind of an excuse that maybe they're like, you yeah, know, they're like, hey, don't blame us. You know, God obviously didn't like this movie. Um, had something. Uh, oh man. Cool. Yeah, well, they, this person did say that Kevin Pollack was their favorite person on set. And he was a total professional and would keep people laughing with his William Shatner impersonation between that, You know, 
I, you know, now that I'm thinking about that. That would have been an amazing choice just to have Pollock do William Shatner as the as the manager and have nobody call it out. Just be, you know, just let, <laughs> just let it be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Is there anything else interesting here? No. So I usually ask at this point um, in the movie if you think this could get made today. But we did reveal that earlier on in the podcast that there is supposedly a Juana Man 2. Mm. Um, I could not find Juana Man 2 anywhere. I could only find video of Miguel Nunez from 2015. TMZ caught up with him outside a restaurant and asked him if they recognized him. They did. These guys, TMZ is good. They, they know their stuff. They, they find all of everybody who's out and about in LA. They, I don't know what they do. If they got to study like (laughs) actors from a certain time period, but they, they just know where all these people are. They caught up to him, and there's just, uh, I think it's like a one-minute video asking him if Juana Man could ever get rebooted. And he said, actually, yes, we're making a Juana Man 2 right now. It wow. did get made. The movie did get made. Would you care to guess the plot of Juana Man 2? Um, we, I, I think you said something earlier about he has kids. Oh, that's and... right. I did say. Yeah, I did right. say this. Yes. Uh, <laughs> see, that was so forgettable. I forgot that I even <laughs> talked about it at the beginning of the podcast. I, I was reading it to my husband earlier, and he was just like, what? Okay, so I mean, there's all kinds of implications with that. He's, he's the coach in drag. And then he makes his young 13-year-old sons who are, who are in the heat of puberty at the time right. be in drag. And then they're going to be in the locker room. Uh, everything. It's no wonder. Uh, but the movie got filmed. People made the movie. The movie got filmed. It got made. You cannot find it anywhere. Man. Just that video of Miguel Nunez telling TMZ that they're about to film it. And as far as I can tell, it did get made. So that is it. That is Joanna Man, the 2002 classic, now collector's item, starring Miguel Nunez Jr., Vivica Fox, and a bunch of other people from the 90s and early 2000s. So, Lou, thanks for watching it. Well, well, well thank you. And I, uh, yeah, it, 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 it happened in. 2002 it came out that was 16 years ago and i feel like i've aged 16 more years uh after after having watched that that film oh man this uh would you recommend anyone watching this movie no 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 no. (laughs) actually the the only the only recommend i i would recommend someone watching it if they could watch with like um like your, your you know sister your sister or family member who enjoys it because i would spend the whole time watching them watch it and enjoy it and just try to figure out what's going on. So, yeah. Uh, I do have one little piece of trivia that we didn't get to. And that is that originally Vivica Fox's role was to be played by, uh, Tyra Banks. Ooh. Yes. Yeah. I could, I could, I could see that Tyra Banks, not that good of an actress, right? No. Uh, no, she did. Back in the early 2000s, she did try to step into that role. She did also did a movie that's kind of higher a, learning. Was she in higher learning? 
Yeah, I think she was in. I think she was in Highlander. She played. Um, I think she's the girlfriend who gets who the the neo Nazi shoots. Oh man, I could go back and watch that. I don't remember her. I I do remember her from the cult classic. Uh, oh, with Lindsay Lohan, where she plays the Barbie come to life. Um, oh, I don't. It's actually getting remade. It's getting a reboot. Tyra Banks. Let's see. I'm gonna life size. Or she plays a Barbie that comes to life. Life's up. Yes, and Lindsay Lohan plays the, the daughter. Oof. Yeah, that's actually getting a uh, a reboot, uh, I heard. So, yeah, <laughs> this is, uh, that's the movie. I, I've i never seen it. Um, in the past, I've never seen this movie. Uh, would I recommend it? No. Um, <laughs> it's not even... Some movies are bad enough to be worth watching and it's not even that it's just bad i mean the writing is terrible it's no wonder this guy never worked again really this writer um yeah it's just the jokes are obvious it's just one long setup for a few basic tired jokes I don't know. As a writer, I guess it gives me hope that maybe someday <laughs> I could make a movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. Well, I appreciate you coming on, Lou. Where can people find you online? Yeah, uh, you could um, follow me on Twitter at Lou on the subway. And you could check out my uh, videos with We the Internet TV on Facebook, uh, YouTube, Instagram. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, and you know, go go in and drop in on Lou's uh, Twitter thread and 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 hit up Orlando Jones. <laughs> you're never going to be working with Orlando Jones now, Lou. Oh man! And by the way, you're never going to work with Maxwell or D'Angelo after this either. You do have a problem. I think you do, <laughs> I think you do have a problem. Oh, yeah. you do. Well, uh, as a and also congratulations on your upcoming nuptials, which I understand are happening sometime soon. Here this yeah, summer? Yeah. In yeah. August, I'm going to be made a, uh, I'm going to be made a, a husband. Because yeah. she's, she's going to make an honest man out of you. Yes. All right. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. Another one <laughs> bites the dust. No, <laughs> it's gone. Single Lou is gone. Now, from now on, folks, whenever Lou comes back on the show, it'll be married Lou. Married Lou. Yep. And we'll see. In fact, <laughs> that's just that should be your new Twitter handle, Married Lou. So Lou on the subway. <laughs> Um, all right, Lou. Well, I do appreciate you slogging through this movie. It was fun, and it's always fun to have you on this show. Um, I hope you'll come back again in the future. I'll try to pick um, something that is equally as awful for you. <laughs> I like these, you like these things. But you also have a little piece of history now, a collector's item. Too. So, yeah. And uh, I've been your host, Kira Allen. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter, at Kira Creates. You can check out our show on iTunes. Please like and subscribe. Um, you can find us on pinecast.com. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter at HiPods, H-I-Pods. Uh, tell all your friends. Tell your family. Um, tweet Orlando Jones and tell him about this episode. I don't even know if Miguel Nunez is still alive, but if he is, tweet at him and let him know that we did this. And don't forget that um, 
We've got our Friday fiction contests over at fanupsway.com where you can enter our uh, 100 word story contests, which are always a lot of fun. As always, thank you for listening to How Inappropriate, and we will catch you next time. Peace out. Phantom Sway. We're the counterculture. You just don't know it yet. PhantomSway.com